Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. Minefields. I, you know, I didn't know today, uh, and I've hesitated even to use this as an intro, but I'm going to go there. Uh, I want to, I'm sharing today this message on, on probably, I'll, I'll say something light, then let's get serious. Probably one of the most, uh, uh, damaging minefields going on in our culture today, and that's depression. Depression. It's a very, it's a very uh, important and real uh, subject. I'm not a psychologist or a doctor. I'm a pastor. And we're going to look at this from from God's perspective, and I believe there's incredible help and healing today. But I didn't realize when, when praying through this and God leading me that 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 you know this Sunday morning after what happened yesterday. Everybody lost yesterday. I mean, all right, enough of that. Let's go on. And I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just saying, I didn't plan this. I mean, I just, some of you are going to really need this today. I can tell. So, okay, all right, that's enough. Let's go on with, with everything here. So, sorry, I don't know. If Flip Wilson was here, he'd say the devil made me do it, but I wasn't Flip Wilson, so. Let's go on. I got your attention though now, don't I? Minefields. Minefields. Let's, let's look at this. Um, we are dealing in our, in our culture with the highest suicide rate we've ever dealt with. We're, we're dealing with the highest suicide, suicide rate in young children that we've ever dealt with. We, we in our culture seem to be carrying this foreboding darkness. Even, uh, and I'm not going to go there today, man, I love, I love what happens here at Calvary in worship, but even listen to a lot of worship music out, you know, and it's kind of moody, kind of emo stuff. Even, you know, even what's happening in the family of God, just kind of this heavy thing, this deal. I believe God has some real grace for us today. I believe there's some incredible freedom. I believe we, we need to lift our heads up in the body of Christ. And for those of you that may be weary fighting that battle, say, Pastor, man, I've been doing my best. I get that. We're going to help you today. I understand that. There's going to be some help. I want to show you what God can do that you don't have to do. How many heard what I just said? I want to show you some strength and grace and help that only God can bring. So why do I call this series <clears throat> Mind Feels because it is a place, it's a battleground. Your mind has become the battleground. Your mind has become the battleground. It's the prize. Listen to me. It's what Satan is after. It's what the culture is after. You are inundated. We are inundated with information. We live in what's called the information society. We have people averaging four to six hours a day on social media. We are exposed and hearing and listening to ideas and concepts from every source and origin. My goal today is not, I'm not uh, uh, you know, one of these guys, old cranks talking about you shouldn't be on social media. What we need to understand is how do we use that for God's glory? How do we moderate? How do we take charge of our life? How do we not become mindless zombies listening and being influenced by all the information that's flooding at us? 
So we are, we are now inundated. We are incessantly uh, bombarded with facts that much of those facts are, are misfacts that, that are contributing to this sense of despair, this sense of being stuck, of, 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 of uh, being numb, being, uh, not being able to move out of this. Your, your mind is the prize. Do you understand that? Your mind is the prize. And Satan is after your mind. It's the place of trauma. Now, 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3, 4, and 5. Let's look at this because, again, here I want you to see these, uh, the verbiage the King James translation uses. For though we walk in the flesh, what's that? Our, our human nature, okay? For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. We are in this world. We are carnal, normal people, but there is a battle that can be won if we know how to use the right weapons. Are you with me? We don't fight it the way the world fights it. So next verse, verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare, come on, you have, to, you have to get your faith around this. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. That means limited to human ability. We have to understand that there is a battle for our minds. The mind of your family, your home, your marriage, your mind, your hope, your future, your life. Romans 12.2 says we are transformed when our mind changes. When our minds renewed, our life changes. And we have to understand that if we're going to win this war, and you can, and God wants you to, that you have to know what your weapons are. We have to understand the engagement. We have to understand the strategy. So our weapons are not carnal. Somebody thank God for that. They're not limited to you and I. It's not just, this is not, you try harder. You know, you tighten your belt up and try harder. That's not what this means. Okay? We have to learn where the help is. But look at this. They are mighty how? Through God. Mighty through God. You have access to mighty weapons with the power of God in them. Are you with me? So let's start there. And what do they do? They pull down these patterns and strongholds in our mind. Verse 5. So we cast down imaginations. Where's that? That's in your mind. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. That's in your mind. And bring into captivity every what? Thought to the obedience of Christ. And so there is a power, a strength, an ability, a grace that God makes available to every believer that will enable you to win the war for your mind and see your life transformed. But there's some steps and things that we can understand. Now look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse number 23. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 23. I want you to see this with me. Make sure you understand how you're wired, who you are, why this thing is so critical. Why is the, the mind the battleground? 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 23. Notice this. Paul praises closing this letter to the church in Thessalonica. He says, may God himself, again, the emphasis on what God is doing, may God himself, the God of peace, peace is something that happens in your mind, will, and emotions, right? He's the God of peace. May the God of peace sanctify you through and through. So if God is going to do something through and through, my whole being, what does that look like? May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Spirit, soul, body. That's how God wired you. That's who you are. That's what the human being is. We fail to understand that connection and how that works often. So we get the body, right? It's the outer house we live in. It's the physical person, the five senses. It's the house. 
What's the soul? The soul and the spirit are very closely connected but not identical. Your soul is literally the biblical word for your mind. It's your mind, will, and emotion. Then what is your spirit? Your spirit is where God dwells within you. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, before you're born again, you're spiritually dead. So a person that's not a born-again believer that hasn't put their faith in Christ, they are living, they have a body, they're walking around, they have a mind, they're thinking, they're dealing with what culture is doing to them in life, but spiritually they're dormant, they're dead. When I accept Christ as my Savior, how am I born again? The Holy Spirit comes in my life. Hallelujah. The Bible says greater is the one that moves inside of you than the one that's in the world. And so when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we come alive spiritually. We now carry with us God's presence, His power, His life to enable us to deal with what's going on. That's why your mind's the battlefield. It's receiving all the information from your life. From culture, society, information. Now, as a born-again believer, you also have access to the Word of God. The presence of the Holy Spirit. And they meet at your mind. The battleground. The good news is, God's greater than these things that come against us. But we have to understand how to receive that help into our life. Is everybody with me on this? See, God gave you a free will. One of the most undeniable facts in God dealing with man is free will. Even Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, he said, you've got everything here, but don't touch that. There's always been a choice. God has always given a choice. God will free your will. This is fundamental. Watch this. God always gives you choice. God gives you a will to serve him because he doesn't choose to make you a robot or a zombie or a have to. You cannot accept Christ as your savior unless you choose to do that. No one can make you do that. It's a choice. But Satan, on the other hand, is always trying to steal your will. Take your will. Addiction is a picture of that. Satan doesn't honor your will. Satan wants to steal you, your will. Put you in bondage. Lock you down. Force you to be in a position where you're not the person you want to be. How many times have you heard people say, I don't know why I'm doing what I'm doing. I wish that I would stop doing that. I wish I could break this pattern. It seems like I'm out of control. That's the work of Satan. That's his signature. God brings freedom. Satan brings bondage. The battlefield's in your mind. The battlefield is there. And so let's look at Proverbs 12, 25. And this is from the New King James Version. Look at this interesting verse here. Proverbs 12, 25. Watch this. Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. Isn't it amazing how right on the word of God is? We sometimes think, well, you know, this isn't relevant. That's all. No, no, no. It's right on time. Look at this. Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. But a good word makes it glad. Oh, wow. So let's, we're, we're going to work on this for just a few minutes. I don't have long today, okay? Anxiety in the heart of man does what? What does it do? Causes depression. So we begin to see some things here, okay, from the Word of God. Depression, depression, despair, giving up, dark, numb, no motivation, you feel hopeless. That's depression. Those are some of the identifying marks of depression. I want to come say to you again, can a Christian be depressed? Absolutely. Does it mean you don't love Jesus? Not at all. Does it mean you don't have faith? Not at all. It means you've gotten trapped in a moment. It means there's some patterns. There's some circumstances, situation. 
being depressed, being despairing, feeling dark and hopeless and, and beaten down and heavy, th- th- does that mean that you're beyond help? Absolutely not. There's great help available to you. That's where we want to go. I want to encourage you. As we're in this place today, we pray in a few minutes here. This is a safe place. How many heard what I just said? This is a real place. You know, at one time I've even said this, but God has had to correct me. Because when I say it's a safe place, in a real place, it means we know where you've been because a lot of us have been there too. And I used to say, you know what, what witnessing is? It's just one beggar telling another beggar where to go get bread. And that sounds pretty good, but that's really not true because we're not beggars. You know what witnessing really is? It's one lost child of God, one son or daughter of the Most High God, telling some lost kids how to find their way back home. You're not a beggar. You're a son. You're a daughter. You're an heir. You're a child of the Most High King. You just lost your way. We're going to get you home today. We're going to get you to the place where the Father can heal you, help you, bless you, strengthen you. You see, the Proverbs 12, 25, what do we read? What did it say? Let's put it back up again. Anxiety. Anxiety, stress, pressure, demand uh, in the heart of man causes a depression. But what else do we see? But what? A good word makes it glad. Now, now stay with me. You might say, Pastor, it's not that simple. I understand that. But a good word. Now, this is the Bible. Come on, listen. This isn't, hey, cheer up. It's talking about a God word. Is anybody with me right now? A good word's a God word. There's something about the word of God under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. There's something about being in the presence of God at the right time, hearing His Word under the anointing of the Holy Spirit that begins to shift things. So what today? If you've been laboring under that thing, this spirit of suicide, despair, giving up, heavy, darkness, those of you listening to me online and later on in this podcast, I want to say, what if today a spark starts in your spirit? What if today the light starts cracking in that place? What if we begin to turn the corner on this thing and it begins to shift? See, depression is not... I am speaking fast. I know that, by the way. It's okay? All right. Because I got a lot to say in a short amount of time. I'm I'm pushing. Can you hear me okay? Okay, good. Uh, Just turn your hearing aid up to one other notch and let your pen go and and we'll go. Okay, you ready? So depression is not one size fits all. There are different reasons people get in this place. Some, some are, and again, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a psychologist. I've researched some things to be able to help you, but I'm coming from, from, from the Word of God. I'm a pastor. I'm, I'm bringing insight from the Word and the Spirit, okay? But it comes from different places. You can be dealing with depression for a biological reason. It could be chemical imbalance in your life. You, you could be having chronic pain in your life. Just cause you despair. You can't get through it. Uh, maybe a hormonal issue going on in your life. You might need to sleep sometime. You know, there, there, some, some of the, uh, how will I say that? Some of your self medication is causing you to be depressed. Could be a relational issue. Trouble in your marriage. Somebody betrayed you, been through a divorce. Your children driving you crazy. Works tough. There are different reasons it happens, okay? Could be circumstantial. You're dealing with the loss of a loved one, a death. Could be a financial crisis. Could be the economy. You, you stay, you may be trying to adjust out of COVID. I've decided I'm going to use, like I said, COVID for my, for, for my benefit. I haven't, I don't like to make excuses, but from now on, anytime somebody asks me, why did you do that? I'm going to say COVID and just see. See if I can get by with it from now on. Next time Phyllis says, you take the trash out, and I didn't, I'm going to say, COVID. 
I hadn't been using that. I'm going to use, I'm pulling that out. I haven't played the COVID card. But above all these things, you have to understand that whatever is pushing this anxiety in your heart that's resulting in this heavy sense of being stuck. That's the sad thing. Depression is a situation that causes you to think there's no hope for me. It's never going to change. No one can get me out of this. It begins to push on you. But here's what you have to understand. We, we read that, that, we, that, that we're, there are spiritual weapons, mighty weapons available to us. We have to understand that Ephesians 6 says we're really not wrestling with flesh and blood, but principalities and spiritual things. And what Satan will do will seize upon those weak places in your life. You hear what I'm saying? He'll seize on those weak places in your life where maybe you're struggling with relationship. Then he begins to those fiery darts. He begins to speak to you. Throw those thoughts at you. Nobody likes you. You know, one person left you, but if you listen to the devil long enough, he'll tell you nobody's ever going to be there for you. Nobody's for you. It's never going to work. You'll do everything and do your very best, and there are people in this room right now. You haven't done a thing wrong. You've encountered a situation. You've, you've encountered other people's failures. And you've been looking at yourself and saying, what's wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with you. You've been looking at this situation and saying, what could I have done? Maybe there's nothing that you could have done. And what you have to understand is that these, these, the whole place of this, the whole situation, whether it be biological or relational or circumstantial, is an opportunity for the enemy to begin to accuse you and lie to you. He's the accuser of the brethren. He wants to say to you there's no hope. He wants to lie to you. Do you know why? Because he knows what's inside of you. He knows the greater one is there. He knows the weapons of our warfare are not mighty, but power, not carnal, but mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds And the only way he wins is when we quit The only way you lose is when you quit And everything he does is to emphasize the moment And try to, uh, to, to do that in your mind Here's what you have to understand The emotions you're feeling are real Listen to me But they're not permanent They are real, but they're not permanent. If I would say anything to you today, I would say this. I would say, don't make permanent decisions based on temporary emotion. We're going to say today, I may be walking through the valley of the shadow of death, but I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. It may be real. I'm not denying your feeling, your emotion, the overwhelming, the foreboding, the incessant attack against you. But I want to say, it is a real emotion, but it is not a permanent thing in your life. Refuse to let one circumstance determine who you are from the rest of your life. I want you to look at Jeremiah with me. Let's go there today. Just briefly. Jeremiah was an incredible prophet. I want you to see you're in some good company. How many are listening to me today? You're in some good company. See, again, maybe you're saying, Pastor, I don't don't feel depressed. In fact, I got to be perfectly honest. I'm not a psychologist. I don't know exactly how to define depression. So I've just expressed some uh, some attributes of it. So maybe today if you're here and you're feeling just hopeless or you're feeling heavy or you're feeling like there's no way out. I'm stuck in this thing. I, I, I don't know how to move. I'm, I'm losing my hope. I'm losing my motivation. It just seems like it's never going to work for me. See, that's, that's the end game of depression to give up and give in. To, to, to make a, to make a permanent decision based on a temporary emotion. And God wants to do something about that. Now, uh, Lamentations chapter 3. I'm going to tell you, we're going to read some rough stuff here. Jeremiah was called as a young man. 
He was a brave young man, a mighty young prophet of God. Won't you listen to me? He was called to serve God in maybe the most difficult season a prophet has ever lived in. He was prophesying when the Babylonians finally invaded Israel and Jerusalem and took the country over and destroyed the temple that Solomon had built. It had never happened, but God had warned and warned and warned and warned. How many are listening to me today? I want to tell you something. Don't ever mistake God's mercy for his approval in your life. If you're living in sin today, listen to your pastor. And the roof hasn't hit you in the head. You ought to thank God right now that you have today. Because don't you ever misunderstand the mercy of God. The kindness of God. That he's trying to use to lead you to repentance today. You're not beating the game. <laughs> you're not fooling anybody. You're, you're not out distancing this thing. If there's sin and open rebellion in your life. You're playing Russian roulette with your life right now. And you need to understand that, that Israel kept pushing back, pushing back until God said, that's it. For Jeremiah, he was a prophet when that happened. He saw unbelievable things. The great temple Solomon had built, they had worshiped, where the Shekinah glory of God dwelled in the Holy of Holies was torn to the ground. Thousands of his countrymen were slaughtered in the streets. Those that remained were taken back as prisoners of war to Babylon. It was horrific. What that young man saw, he was left alone. He was left abandoned. He was left discouraged. They, even his own people had ridiculed him for prophesying what they should do. This, this young man, this prophet was in a rough place. Let's look at Lamentations 3. I'm going to read a few verses here. And, uh, I thank God we're going to, we're going to wrap it. Just stay with it. Look at this. No, 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 no. 3 verse 1 and 2. You're getting not here yet. You got Lamentations chapter three verses one and two. Let's let's go there. Let's let's see if we got it. You jumped ahead. If you don't have it, I got it. Lamentations. Oh, we're good. There we go. Here we go. Lamentations three one and two. I want you to see this. I want you to see where this guy's head was. Look at this. He says, "I am the man who has seen affliction by the rod of the Lord's wrath." Okay, go to verse two. He has driven me away and made me walk in darkness rather than light. Now, you got to understand, he's venting. How many hear what I'm saying? He's venting. This is how he feels. Are you with me? Sometimes you don't need to say everything you feel. Okay? All right. So, so that, let's go. Now, now, uh, no, now go to verses five and uh, five through eight. Verses five through eight. All right. Look at this. He has besieged me. See, see, reflecting the circumstances. God had not besieged the city the Babylonians had. He has besieged me and surrounded me with bitterness and hardship. Verse 6. He has made me dwell in darkness like those long dead. <laughs> Keep going. He has walled me in so I cannot escape. He has weighed me down with chains. Anybody ever felt this way? Don't raise your hand. Even when I call out or cry for help, he shuts out my prayer. Oh, now, come on, leave that up there. You know, you know you're singing the blues. Come on, tell the truth. Come on. God has surrounded me. God's beating me down. God doesn't hear me when I pray. Come on, how we say that in this modern life? I feel like my prayers hit the ceiling and bounce back and hit me in the head. Everybody, come on, I get it. Are, are you okay? It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> we, we see what we're doing. Let me give you a little more. Uh, look at verses 17 through 20, and then this will be enough venting. I have been deprived of peace. 
I have forgotten what prosperity is. So I say my splendor is gone and all that I had hoped from the Lord is gone. Verse 19. I remember my affliction. See, what is he thinking? I remember my affliction. I remember my wondering. I'm thinking about the bitterness and the gall. Verse 20. I well remember them and my soul is downcast within me. Do you see he was rehearsing and rehearsing? All I remember is the bad days. All I remember is the hard days. All I remember is how bad it is. Just like the Babylonians besieged our city, God has besieged me. He's taking the circumstance he's walking in and he's identifying it. Are you with me right now? He is putting it on himself. He's saying, Lord, you're against me. You're not for me. You don't hear me. You don't love me. It's a hard time. Sometimes we feel that way. I read this so you would just know you didn't. You're not going to get struck with lightning. I had a man walk in my office one day and had his Bible in his hand. He said, you know, I'm just fed up with this. He was depressed. God doesn't know me. God doesn't care. God doesn't ever answer my prayer. And he threw his Bible in my trash can. Well, I didn't jump up and go, oh, my God. I said, why don't you sit down and cool off for a minute? We talked for a while. Before he left, he went back and got his Bible out of the trash can. Some of you have thrown the Bible in the trash can symbolically before. Some of us have said, I'm never getting out of this before. Some of us have been in that place. The good news is, I don't want you to stay in that place. There's some help for us in that place. No, I got to keep moving here. But, but we're, this, we're reading out of Lamentations chapter 3. I want you to watch this sequence. Come on. You need this. Someone needs this right now. I'm going to help you with this. So you see, here's, here, here's Jeremiah the prophet. All those things we just read. Okay. But I want you to look at verse 21 and 23. 21, 20. Look at this. He says, yet. Come on. Someone say yet. Come on, yet it's not over. Say, it's not over. Don't let my temporary emotions become my permanent decision. Don't let the temporary moment define the rest of my life. Don't let how ugly it is determine who I'm going to be. Look at this. Yet this I call to mind. See, when he stopped rehearsing everything that went bad and said, yet I'm going to begin to remember some other things in my life. Remember what 2 Corinthians 10, 3, 4, and 5 says. I might have to capture some thoughts. I might have to grab some of these thoughts. I'm not just going to lay here and let this stuff race through my mind. Come on, somebody look at this. Yet, this I call to mind. And therefore I have hope. These next two verses are two of the most beautiful in Scripture. Look at verse 22. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For His compassions never fail. Leave that there. He didn't say because I'm good, because I'm great, because I earned it, because I deserved it, because I pulled myself by the bootstraps. No. He said, yet I remember even in despair, even in this moment, even in the pain, I remember the Lord's great love. It's why I'm not burned up and flying off in the air. God is not out to get you. He's out to heal you and save you and deliver you. We're not consumed, not because we're great but because God loves us that much he said I remember that look at this his compassions never fail compassion in your lowest moment God's not angry at you God's not mad at you God's not running away from you his compassion is saying come on I got you here come on let me help you here this word compassion in the Hebrew is the word for the mother's womb he's saying look here he said like a mother could never forget her child like that safe place in 
a mother's womb, I'm your God. I'm for you. I'm with you. I'm on your side. I'm not against you. Look at this one more verse here. Let's, let's look at this. They are new every morning. Oh, come on. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Come on. Somebody needs to say that. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, O God. Great is your faithfulness, O God. Look at verse 24 now. Watch what he does. Watch what he does. I like this. So I, what? You need to start talking to yourself. Your mind, say to yourself. Say to yourself. I say to myself. Come on. Let's say to ourselves today. Come on. Here's a good word. Remember, anxiety in the heart of a man brings depression, but a good word will bring some help. Come on. Let's do it. Are you ready? Say it with me. The Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. Come on. Let's say it again. The Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. Let's go to verse 25. Come on. Come on. Say it with me. The Lord is good to those who hope in him, to the one who seeks him. The Lord is good. Say it. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. I say to myself, the Lord is good. I choose the devil is a liar and God is good. I choose my emotions are temporary, but my God is eternal. I choose the moment is passing, but the God's goodness is not passing. I declare and say, great is your faithfulness. Oh God almighty, morning by morning, new mercies I see. My, my, my. Is there one more verse up here in these? Come on, here it is. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Sometimes I need to just close my complaining and open my heart to declare the goodness of God. Come on, anybody working with me on this? I, I, I just, uh, trying to, I've got to wrap this and I'm trying, I got some verses I want to put on you today. Let, let's go to Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Turn there with me. Here's what I want you to see. Okay, come on. Let's try to, let's try to distill this into this moment. I want you to see this. I realize that for some people, it's been a long journey. It's said, Pastor, you know, I, 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 I'm getting up. I'm going to work. I'm going through the motions with this heavy thing on me. I'm here in church. I'm online. And I'm doing my best. But it seems like I'm not getting a breakthrough. I'm not making the process I want the, the progress that I want to make. But here's what I want you to see. I want you to get this and we're going to pray. Remember we read in scripture that we're body, soul, and spirit. As a born again believer, the Holy Spirit's living in you. You have access to the very power of God Almighty. And I want you to see that we get trapped and depressed and anxious because of the deposit of life in our thinking. Are you with me? Our experiences shape us and we, we're influenced. We set these patterns and we get caught in these ruts and we don't seem to know how to maneuver out of that. And it becomes a stronghold. It lifts itself up against the knowledge of God. And Pastor, I've done everything that I know how to do. Come on, listen to me. But here's what I want you to see is that it's not limited to your ability or mind. We're about to flip the script right now before we pray. I want you to see this because see in these moments where anxiety, stress, and pressure that cause depression, there is something God has for us we're going to release right now. A good word under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? That supersedes what's happened in your mind. Watch this. Do not be anxious about anything. Say anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. Okay. 
well, how do I stop being anxious? Look, but in every situation, by prayer petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Now watch what happens when we pray. Watch this. And the peace, say peace. Peace of God, watch, which transcends understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ. Do you know when the Holy Spirit is released into your thinking, into your existence, as you begin to pray, as you begin to get up and say, I'm not going to lay down in this wallow anymore. I'm not going to stay where I am anymore. God, I'm going to pray. God, I just lift up my head. At that moment, the Holy Spirit takes the Word of God and begins to go into your brain, into your mind, into your thinking, into the patterns, into the stronghold, and God literally begins to rewrite the pattern in your mind. He begins to do something that is transcends your understanding. I can't explain it. I didn't do it. I didn't take a class. I didn't make it happen. But exposed to the presence of God, God did something in my mind that's beyond the capacity of my mind. It just transcended my understanding. Is anybody with me right now? Let's go to Ephesians 3.20. It'll be my last verse for the day. Ephesians 3.20. I want you to look at this. Remember thoughts? Imaginations in mind, you're going to read it again. Now to him who is able, come on, let's get in our eyes. To him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. He's back in your head again. Are you with me right now? God's working on that troubled, depressed mind. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask. Some translations say think or imagine according to his power at work within us right now. Right now, God is able to do more than you can even imagine Him do right now. God is able to go beyond your imagination. So if all your imagination has been dread and fear and despair and more of the same darkness, I'm here to tell you today that although anxiety will bring depression, a good word will bring hope inside your life. And so we have the word of God. We're going to do that. I want you to stand. I want our worship team to come. Please don't leave. We need to pray. We need to pray and release some things right now. We need to rise up. I believe right now there is an anointing here that's going to begin to rewrite the patterns of your mind. How many are listening to me right now? Now, we, we, listen, listen. There, there's a verse. I want you to get this. Listen to me. I'm going to quote this one, okay? Standing. Ephesians chapter 5 says that God cleanses his church with the washing of his word. What, what frees you from depression? A good word. A God word. Okay, so we're about to have something happen in the spirit right now. How many have faith for that right now? But but listen, tomorrow morning, is the devil going to be the devil? Yeah. Is life going to be life? Okay, so God's going to set some people free, a lot of people free right now. But tomorrow morning, are you listening to me? If you've been battling with these thoughts, I'm going to get up and I'm going to get the word. And I'm going to wash my mind tomorrow. I'm going to wash. Are you with me by the washing of the word? The, listen, if you've got enough, uh, I'm try, let me be cultured. <laughs> I was going to say enough sense. Let me go the way. If, if we understand the necessity of a daily physical bath, because just let me, can I be just plain? Because you don't take one, you stink. You become offensive to be around. Okay. If we have enough common sense to bathe our body, we ought to have enough spiritual sense to wash our mind. And if you don't wash your mind, your thinking is going to start stinking. The bondage is going to come back on you. 
the illness will come back on you. We're going to break that thing today in the name of Jesus. We're going to rise up and we're going to get up out of these places, get up out of these moments. I want to pray over us right now. It's not the power of George Sawyer. I just happen to be the pastor in the moment. It's the power of the word of God. It's nothing about the human. It's about the word of God and about the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I believe right now there's enough good word that's in front of us right now that the Holy Spirit's going to start doing something on that pattern of your mind. Are you going to let go of it? Are you willing to stop being a martyr? Are you willing to stop being the victim? Are you willing to stop complaining? Are you willing to stop blaming? Come on, i got to be real with you right now. Are you willing to kick the props out from underneath you? Are you willing to get up out of that bed? Are you willing to get up out of that grave? Are you willing to get up and make no more excuses, blame no more people, point no more fingers, be no more victim? It's not my fault. I didn't do this. If you knew where I've been and knew what I've done, if you knew what they did to me, if you knew what they said to me, I'm not being harsh. I'm trying to give you some medicine. I'm trying to cut some things out so God can put some things in. Are you ready for that? I believe there's enough good word, enough good word right now that God's going to begin to surpass our understanding. Break that mentality off of you. Listen to me. You may be, I hear, I, I hear this so strong in my spirit. You may be a young man here today and your father failed you, but you're not a failure. What you have to understand is start, stop walking with the mentality. I am a fatherless son. Stop walking with the mentality, I'm a fatherless daughter. Stop trying to take a human weapon, i.e. another person, and replace your mother and father. And start recognizing that God's your father. That great is his faithfulness. Morning by morning, great is his faithfulness. And if we'll stop trying to plug people into God's place. Freedom can start happening in our life. Stop, stop, stop. Let go of that stuff right now. I can tell you there's some things shifting in the spirit right now. There's some things shifting right now. We have to understand that. You, you Listen, we title people, we tag them. So you had a divorce. You're not a divorcee. You're a son and daughter of God. You, 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 you were... A knucklehead when you were young and you got arrested. You're not a criminal. You're a son and daughter of God. You, you, you made some mistakes and, and to be honest, just own it. It was dumb. It was just dumb. Just own it or you'll do it again. Just admit it. That was the dumbest thing I ever did in my life. And then nobody else made me. I did it, but I'm not going to do it again. I'm not going to repeat that again. I'm not going to let anybody else determine my future today. I'm going to have, God's going to rewrite my thinking, rewire the patterns of my brain through the word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, I want you to raise your hands right now. I want you to begin to believe for God. Go right at the source of where that needs to happen in your life. I want you to cast that stronghold down in Jesus' name. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I say today, the devil is a liar. He's a liar. He's a liar. He's a liar. He's the accuser. He's a liar. I declare today, we have everything we need in you. 
for godliness and grace. I declare that you're going to give us life and life more abundantly. I bind the strongholds of hell right now. I take authority over affliction. I take authority over depression. I take authority over anxiety. I take authority over the sources of the attack against the family of God. I declare today the blood of Jesus goes. The name of Jesus goes. The word of God goes. Your word says you're able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above everything that ever passed through my mind. So everything that happened before now surrenders to the name of Jesus. Everything that ever grabbed me, whispered to me, held me, put me down, made it dark, put me under. I bind it in the name of Jesus and declare today we're coming out. We're rising up. We're reaching up in the name of Jesus. No more. No more. No more. No more. In the name of Jesus. A good word. A God word. An anointed word. We take the word. Come on. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is your compassion. Your love for me brought me in this moment. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm going to wash with the word. Wash with the word in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.